Welcome to episode 18 of the MFFL podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Lippo, alongside my co-host today, Mitch Farnsworth, and we have an action-packed show for you guys. Some big Antonio Brown news, the latest Browns trade. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft along with the NBA. Then we're going to end the show talking about the Big Ten tournament. But Mitch, hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Let's get to the headlines. Let's start with that Antonio Brown news. Uh, we had reports last night that he was traded to the Bills and then was not traded. Uh, reports said that there were serious discussions on the trade. Compensation was in the works. Uh, Pittsburgh got in contact with A.B.'s agent. Uh, A.B. then learned about the trade to Buffalo and said he would not report to Buffalo if he was traded there. To other NFL news, the Denver Broncos have agreed in principle, since the new season doesn't start till next Wednesday, that they will trade quarterback Case Keenum to Washington for draft picks, and Denver will get the skin sixth round, and Washington will get a seventh round, according to Ian Rappaport. To the NBA we go. Cavs play tonight against the Heat in Miami. The Cavs coming off a 113-107 loss to the Nets. will be looking for their 17th win this season. The Heat, who are clinging to the eight seed right now, winners of the four of the last five, will look to uh, continue their role and get that 31st win. To the Indians, they continue spring training today, 8.05 against the San Francisco Giants, and that only means now 20 days, so a little less than three weeks until opening day of the new season. To college basketball, two huge games tomorrow, as number three North Carolina will host number four Duke, and number seven Michigan travels to number nine Michigan State at eight o'clock with the potential with the potential if the Purdue game goes one way, an outright Big Ten championship, or if Purdue win a share of the Big Ten regular season championship. Wait, do you you hear that, Mitch? I believe that's is, is that our breaking news horn? I believe it is our breaking news horn. Isn't it, Frankie? Yeah, what is that news? What what news you got there? On the MFL podcast, we have breaking news from up in Berea. The Cleveland Browns have traded Kevin Zettler to the New York Giants for defensive end Olivier Vernon and swapping picks 132 and 155. Big news coming from Cleveland just minutes ago, actually about 15 minutes ago, we got news of this. Frankie, I'll give it to you now with the Cleveland Browns now trading to Kevin Zettler, Zettler trade now. Yeah. Um, but let's go start into the Antonio Brown news before we get to that breaking news. Yeah, yeah. So... Like you talked about earlier, last night around midnight, Ian Rappaport tweeted out that Antonio Brown was on his way to Buffalo. But and then it started getting fishy when the NFL posted a picture on Instagram, a picture of the deal, and then Antonio Brown left the comment, fake news. The post, is, uh, the post has since been deleted. And after that, everyone was fishy about it. And then early this morning around 7 a.m., Buffalo's GM says they are out of the deal. So Mitch, where does this leave Pittsburgh now? them with limited options now i believe um this this could have been a good trade uh, i i would believe for pittsburgh but uh um you know it wouldn't hurt to trade them to buffalo they get picks out of it and you know, they probably would have swapped first rounds or something like that but of course ab doesn't want that so the trade doesn't go through uh it, it just leaves them limited options now since mm-hmm. uh we just learned that the packers are jumped out of the trade talks denver is dropped out of t- trade talks all these teams dropping out of trade talks 
I'm not sure where Pittsburgh can go now with uh, AB shutting down this trade. Yeah, it seems like it's just Oakland now. Doesn't it seem like that? It seems like it's destined for Oakland now. Oakland or San Francisco, I believe, would be the only teams that would be left that are, you know, that have been talked about even being in trade talks with the Pittsburgh Steelers as of now. Right, so do you think with the little comment that Antonio Brown left on that post, do you think Antonio Brown sabotaged this deal? I I, I would believe that he sabotaged this deal definitely. Um, it, 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 I don't think with the, um, the post that he put, but I think he probably, once he heard the news, like I said, he, once he, his agent told him he was going to Buffalo, that he wasn't going to go, so... Obviously, I think he made this trade fall apart because he Buffalo didn't want to put you know the concern of or even the uh, uh, they didn't want to be concerned with uh, AB not showing up or you know going with the drama that brings with AB not showing up. Right. I think Buffalo kind of just backed out when they heard that, and Pittsburgh's now left there to suffer and figure out what they have to do next. Right, because Albert Breer tweeted out that Antonio Brown was clear that he did not want to go to Buffalo. And that leads me to my next question. Uh, Ken Carmen of 92.3 The Fan says, His theory is that Pittsburgh did this on purpose in an attempt to get Antonio Brown to come to his senses and potentially stay with Pittsburgh. Do you agree or disagree with that question? I think I don't think they would have done that. I think this has been established between when they had that conversation, Rooney and Brown down in Florida those weeks ago. I think it was pretty sure that... Uh, Pittsburgh wants to move on from him. Brown surely has voiced his opinion that he wants to go. Um, I don't think they would have sabotaged it in any way because I think Pittsburgh's just totally done with him. Antonio Brown's done with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just he. I think Antonio Brown is controlling the situation because it's his future, and he just didn't think he would have a future in, with Buffalo because, of course, they're still in a rebuild. With no, they. I believe think they have a quarterback in Josh Allen, but they have LaShawn McCoy there, but just certainly not up to uh, um, playoff caliber, I'm surely. Right, let's talk about that for a second. So let's say this deal does go through and Antonio Brown is a member of the Bills. Where, where do you think that, that would leave the Bills there? I mean, they would have Josh Allen, not, not really no running back. But they got the star wide receiver Antonio Brown. I mean, I, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I mean, I couldn't imagine that Antonio Brown would help them win that many games, you think? Uh, the Bills' schedule, looking at it, I believe they had, um, they did have the Steelers, but I think mm-hmm. it was on the road, the Browns on the road, which is all this so difficult. You have to play the Patriots twice, of course, every year. Um, it, it, it probably. I just feel like it wouldn't have done any good for the Buffalo if he would have gone there with obviously all these teams, Buffalo and then, well, Miami would, is, you know, falling apart. So right. I'm not They're sure pretty bad. That, that would have, they would have been okay there, but I don't think with anybody else, even with Antonio Brown, they would have gotten, they would have maybe got one or two other victories, but I don't see him being an overall factor that would have swayed the team to you know, more than five wins. Yeah, so you have any final thoughts on the Antonio Brown trade that did not happen? It, if he doesn't want to go there, you know, they can't force him to go. Well, they could, but right. um, it, it, 
would it wasn't going to help Buffalo in any situation if they had to deal with this drama. I, I believe now it's it's going to be between Oakland and San Francisco, or you know maybe out of nowhere we hear another team. But that's really all I have to say on that. Right. So let's transition into the the breaking news that we announced on the show. Kevin Zeitler was traded to the Giants for edge rusher Olivier Vernon. Um, to me, this trade seems sort of forced. Zeitler is still pretty good. But now this seems like Corbett, Austin Corbett, the Browns' second-round pick last year. For me, he better be good and he better be ready. Uh, obviously, he's going to be stepped up now in the right guard position, and Olivier Vernon's going to be alongside... Miles Garrett. Right, sorry, Miles Garrett. And So what are your thoughts about this trade? It looks pretty equal to me. The, the swap of the picks looks good. I think this is helps out both teams. New York needs to protect Eli or potentially whoever they're going to pick at six. Um, Olivier Vernon has progressed well. Um, you know, he's got them a lot of money with him coming to Cleveland, but uh, if you can match him with Miles Garrett, that's certainly a big thing you can do with having two edge rushers here or, you know, it, right. to match with Garrett and uh, Vernon now. You know, it could be deadly now at that defensive uh, on just each side of the defensive line. Right. So where do you think this leaves Emmanuel Ogba? He was he was pretty good last year. I know watching most of the Browns game. He, but some games he would just disappear. Some games he would just be a no-show. So where do you think this leaves the, the, the other Browns edge rusher? I believe this leaves him in an interesting situation. If uh, um, the Browns could certainly trade him. Uh, he probably they're probably putting out offers and see what they could get for him or you know you could obviously try to see if you can uh, hold on to him see if he progress anymore and then release him if it doesn't work out in spring training or anything like that but uh, it, yeah, I think they put him at an interesting situation right now for Agba because he's only making about two million dollars a year this year I, I, so I don't think they would release him i feel like he would have a trade market but what do you think about moving him to defensive tackle would that be an interest do you think or no you know anytime you can make a position change it's always difficult at first but sometimes you get those people that uh can that trade a position like moving a position is actually an an, um an upgrade from their positions. So right. I'm not sure what position he played, you know, in his college ball or anything like that. If he has any experience at that, uh, the other tackle, like you said, um, it, it, it's just, it, it depends on what, you know, if he's comfortable in that position, if he has that play, if he had his experience at that position, it all depends on that, you know, right. um, it, it's definitely an option if, if they're uh, open to doing it. So the NFL is swirling with news right now, and we're going to transition a little bit here to the NFL draft. A lot of box have Kyler Murray going number one to the Arizona Cardinals. Mitch, do you believe Kyler Murray will be the number one pick? A hundred percent. I can pretty much mark it down that Kyler Murray will be the first pick. Um, I haven't seen anything else that is, you know, that could change my mind. It's uh, what I've heard from the combine is that he, they had a, that the Arizona was very interested in him. Uh, the con- the conversation between them was really a very good. I believe that uh, his pro day will be. I'm not sure if it's uh, when it is in the next two weeks or three weeks. His combine yeah. or uh, his. Uh, I'm sorry, not his, his pro combine, day. But his pro day will right. be. 
So I, I'm definitely looking to see if he'll be throwing there. I think he said he will be throwing there potentially. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see him in his pro day. Um, it's, but yeah, I think he would fit the system that Kingsbury has. The new quarter or a new uh, uh, head coach, the Arizona. I think he would because he had Patty Mahomes. I, I think he yeah. he likes to have a quarterback that can uh, get out of the pocket when he has to. So I think he fit perfectly in the Arizona. Um, in that offense that they would run. So where do you think this leaves uh, Josh Rosen? I mean, he potentially would have to be traded. I mean, you're giving the reins over to Murray. So, like, what do you think sort of teams that Rosen could go to, like maybe Miami, potentially other teams? What do you think about what happens with Rosen's situation? Uh, I believe Rosen probably would be easily traded, not easily traded, but uh, I believe there would be a team out there that would be interested in, you know, a young quarterback that, you know, only got one year to really show what he's stuff and a you know not with a lot of weapons except Larry Fitzgerald really and mm-hmm. uh, um, that that was pretty much it on that offense so it could be you know that the Arizona is looking at their next thing you know it's a new head coach they might be going a different situ- or, uh, direction than where Rosen is where Rosen has a big arm um, and I really see Rosen as a runner of course because uh, you know he was always more of a in-the-pocket quarterback, but he's got a great arm. Uh, when I saw him back that he, or back last season in Arizona, he looked good in his progressions. But uh, when he got pressure on him, he kind of uh, folded pretty quickly on that um, team. And that could be, of course, like going back to what I said, uh, it, it could be to the lack of offensive weapons. But I could certainly see him going to Miami or another team that could be, you know jumping that doesn't want to take a quarterback in this draft and literally liked Rosen maybe last year uh certainly taking a jump on him yeah I'd have to agree with that one in the other combine news DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss absolutely absolutely lit up the draft ran one of the fastest 40s for a wide receiver did did well on pretty much every everything about agility he's probably like one of the best athletes ever if he if he doesn't have to run a route or you know uh, be move quick because his his agility was the one thing that that was slow but a lot of talk around him some mocks have him going in the top ten but where do you see uh, Metcalf going in this draft Mitch I definitely see him at nine I think the Buffalo Bills uh, you know we talked about him getting that or, uh, Antonio Brown but I think it's going to be the Bills that are going to jump on that uh, wide receiver. Um, he stole the show at the combine. Um, the only thing that kind of saw that, uh, like you said, that I saw that was concerning was his agility and the three cone drill. Because mm-hmm. uh, I looked between him and Tom Brady's, you know, three cone drill, and Brady beat him. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Most of the time, you're not going to be say, you know, here run a streak, uh, uh, a, str- a streak route and mm-hmm. beat your guy. You know, there's going to be, you know. Uh, out routes, in routes, and everything like that they he has to put into effect. So that's kind of concerning for me, but I feel like Buffalo needs weapons for Josh Rosen. That's why that they were interested in Antonio Brown, of course, but they definitely needed you know help on the outside at wide receivers. So I would see him going to Buffalo would be you know a good fit for him. We talked a little bit. We were texting back and forth, and you were saying, like, you think this would be a reach by Buffalo, or do you think this is sort of like – a good pick for Buffalo. It, it's an interesting one. Um, 
I, I said he is the best wide receiver I saw. You know, with the forty and everything like that, he mm-hmm. looked great out of everybody. Um, I, I feel like he could definitely fall back in this tri- uh, this uh, draft because of that three cone time and the agility problem with him, and he had drop uh, drop problems at Ole Miss too. So. Uh, I, I believe Buffalo would be the ones to, you know, take a chance on him out of everybody in the top, you know, uh, outside, you know, from 9 to 20. I mm-hmm. believe Buffalo would be the one team that could take that chance on a wide receiver. Uh, so I believe he would go to Buffalo. And then moving to the Cleveland Browns, now they have the 17th pick in this draft. So what do you think their options are? Do you think they go defensive line, linebacker, potentially Metcalf if they drop, or another wide receiver? Where do you think the Browns go here? You know what? This has changed everything. So, because with the trade for um, Vernon, Olivier Vernon now, because now you just added another defensive end. Mm-hmm. So, would it open up the option of going against, def- or opening up uh, going defense again, like a Christian Wilkins or, you know, something like that? I would like the Browns. Well, I don't really like the Browns, but I would say <laughs> the Browns probably should go. Offensive tackle, maybe go uh, Andre Dillard from Washington State. Best, uh, he was the best pass blocking tackle at the uh, the um, at the combine, and he's probably the best in this draft. Um, and if that doesn't work out, or don't, they don't want to go in that direction, I go wide receiver and take the other wide receiver out of Ole Miss, and I'd go AJ Brown. Yeah. So for me, I feel like now that we got Vernon. Like the only thing for our defense is maybe one more corner to have someone lined up against Denzel Ward. Our safeties are pretty set. I'm not too sold on our linebackers. I feel like our offense is miles ahead of our our defense. Besides our defensive line, obviously, I'm not too strong on our linebackers or corners. So if they go in one of those two directions, I wouldn't be that upset. Uh, but for offense, I mean, we could always use another weapon. We just signed Greg Robinson, who was also a tackle. Uh, so maybe they don't go like the tackle you talked about. But, I mean, they're they're open here. They could trade up if they wanted to snag somebody, or they could also trade back, or they could just stay put and take what, you know, best available. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of options here uh, for the Browns in this draft, and I'm excited to see. I mean, it's next end of next month. It, it could, More trades, more free agency is going to happen, so maybe they, they sign other needs. But do you have any final notes on the NFL draft here, Mitch? I was uh, I, I totally forgot about the linebacker position. The Browns definitely could use a you know a second guy in that uh, in the second line there. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin White kind of impressed me. De- definitely Devin White impressed me at the combine. Devin Bush, right? Both of those was guys impressive. Both those two top linebackers, and they're kind of in their own class at the top of the linebackers at the combine. So yeah, uh, it'd be interesting for them to go linebacker also. Yeah, that, I know we were also talking about that. Both of those guys really impressed both of us, and I would be satisfied with either one of those guys. Have them lined up as, alongside Christian Kirksey, who's probably the uh, the Browns' best uh, linebacker. He was hurt a little last year, but when he was on the field, he was definitely a dynamic playmaker and a leader on the defensive side. So, I mean, I'm excited for this draft. Um, but speaking of other drafts here, Mitch... The, the NBA is coming up to an end here soon, maybe 16, 17 more games left in the season, and the Cavs are currently sitting number three behind Phoenix and the New York Knicks, with the Bulls maybe a game and a half back of the number four spot of the lottery picks. 
but do you think the Cavs will stay in the top three of the draft selections? Well, the way Kevin Love is playing, he's probably taking us out of it right now, isn't he? I mean, I, the Bulls did just upset 76ers the same day we lost to uh, Brooklyn. So right now we are at 16-49, and 49, three games back of the Knicks, and Chicago is 19-47, and 47, five and a half back. So that leaves us two and a half games. I mean, that's a, that's a few games stretch, I mean, with only a few games left, and the, the Cavs have a, a sort of a tough schedule here coming up to end the season. So I feel like the Cavs will stay with number three, I know I, I was telling you about they're only one and a half back of Phoenix now, and we also play Phoenix one more time. So potentially if they beat us, that's only a half game. So maybe they could the Cavs could slide up to number two potentially because Phoenix has won three straight games. So, I mean, I definitely think they'll stay in the top three, maybe move up to two. But with the draft here, let's say worst-case scenario, they fall back to you know five or six, right? And R.J. Barrett's gone, Zion's gone. Uh, maybe John Morant's still there. Which direction do you think they should go if that happens? I like Cam Reddish, also from another Duke guy. I know we're talking all these are Barrett and Williamson, but if Reddish is there at five or six, like you said, I would definitely go Cam Reddish, six seven. You know, two fifteen. He's shooting guard slash you know a small forward. You know, a shooting guard at six seven. Right. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't that's what killed us with Shaw and Livingston when he was a shooting guard at uh, six seven? No one was tall enough to guard him right. back uh, on those finals years ago. But Cam Reddish would be there. Uh, that's impressed me the most. I like Romeo Langford also from Indiana, another shooting guard, six mm-hmm. six, uh, good height. So I, I kind of like that direction too. So I'm kind of looking at the shooting guard position. Now, let's say John Morant is still there. Do you think the Cavs draft another point guard, or are they sold with the Sexton and having, you know, drafting a shooting guard? Or do you know they go two ball-dominant guards and, you know, they try out John Morant and Colin Sexton? John John Morant has been impressive at Murray State. Uh, The way he can distribute the ball, I've watched a a game against Moorhead State, which is – you know, it's it's not the highest competition, of course, but the way he's playing and dominating at Murray State, it, it, mm-hmm. can tran- it may transition to the NBA, but of course it's not the highest, you know, as Zion's playing North Carolina, R.J. Barrett's playing North Carolina, you know. Right, right. All these two guys are playing the highest, you know, uh, the highest level, and this guy's playing, you know, Murray State's against, you know, he's at Murray State playing Moorhead State's and all these low level at the Ohio Valley Conference, but mm-hmm. certainly has been a shooter. Um, I'd be interested, but I just don't think the point guard position, you know, with going Sexton last year at eight, you know, a lot of people are upset, of course, you know, he's not progressed as well as we thought he would, being an eight pick and all, but, yeah. you know, I, I think we should stray away from point guard and go shooting guard, certainly. Yeah, I feel like if both... Uh, no forwards are there, like Barrett's gone and Zion's gone. I'm definitely with you on Cam Reddish. And a lot of people don't really like him, but you got to think he's like sort of the third option on a stacked Duke team. So I would love to see what he would feel like with the Cavs team where he, you know, he would be complimented with Love, Thompson, you know, Chetty and Sexton. I feel like he definitely would be a good piece to have. And the Cavs, it's well known that they made a trade with Houston to to get the 23rd pick. That's where it's sitting at right now. Uh, currently sitting at 23. So where do you think the Cavs go with that pick right now? I'd probably like to go center. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, there's I like uh, John Tay Porter uh, from Missouri. Only a sophomore, but he's got he's a bigger guy, two forty at six eleven. Um, yeah, I, I like having taller guys. I know we well. Ante Ante Zizek is that I'm yeah, saying? Zizic, I yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it. So we have that, and he's progressing well. But I'd like to have another center to bring into the fold. Um, certainly could go that way. Um, uh, I, or Bola Bola, of course. Yeah, I right. That's how it's said. Yeah, Bola. Uh, hopefully, he could fall. He's you know a lengthy guy at seven two, mm-hmm. um, two thirty five. He's had his injuries at Oregon. Um, he's probably going to come out in the draft, and he's, he only played like six or seven or eight games at Oregon until he had a foot injury. So I'm kind of concerned about that. But seven two two thirty five, great wingspan. I really like him also in a Cavs uniform. Yeah, right now I'm looking at Tankathon's uh, mock draft. They have Bull Bull going eighteen to Boston, and they have the player what you said, Jonte Mer- Jonte Porter. Sorry, going twelve to the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> So right now they have the Cavs taking a center out of, uh, I don't even know, I don't even want to try to say that. I don't want to say that really wrong. But, you know, I like P.J. Washington maybe out of Kentucky, another sophomore. He's 6'8", 228, uh, to fill up maybe a backup position to Kevin Love because who knows what this offseason is going to lie. A lot of na- big true. names are going to move, so maybe the Cavs trade Love. Maybe they hang on to him also with Tristan Thompson. Uh, he's going to have value to him. And the Cavs are going to have a lot of expiring deals next season. So I feel like sure. they, they should make more trades. But, and I said it to a few people, I feel like the Cavs nail this draft, somehow get Zion and RJ Barrett and hit on this 20 to 23 pick wherever it lands. I feel like they, with how bad the East is, I know that the Heat are like four or five games under 500 and they're the eighth seed. I feel like the Cavs could maybe 35, maybe even more wins next year if everyone stays healthy because we're looking really good with Love right now. I know it looked really bad when Se- uh, with Sexton was not looking that well at all, but with Love on the floor, the numbers back it up that he is playing a lot better. Still not shooting the ball terribly well. Still could pass more, but, I mean, with the circumstances that lie, I feel like he is definitely handling, handling the situation pretty well. And I feel like the Cavs, I mean... I feel like they could have competed. I know Dan Gilbert uh, said they were going to make the playoffs this year, and obviously everyone was like, "Dude, come on!" But with love, exactly. with love there, uh, they they have definitely looked better. And Thompson's still not even back yet, so I definitely feel like if the Cavs either keep Larry Drew or go in a different direction, I feel like if they get that right and get the draft picks right, they definitely could be in position to hey, you know, maybe get the eighth seed if everyone stays healthy. Do you think they could make the playoffs next year? It certainly could. It's a possibility if uh, we have Zion or uh, R.J. Barrett. Zion has been plagued as the uh, uh, plague's probably not the best word. He's been given the name of the next, you know, impact player that can turn around a franchise in a second. You know, he's right. instant star. You know, everywhere he goes, it. it we've talked, listened to ESPN, which fallen in love with the guy mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and, you know, we've got her to Duke, and we, he's been – it was through two weeks ago, and we're still talking about it on, you know, all the ESPN. It's Zion – is Zion playing? Is Zion – you know, I'm not sure if he's playing tomorrow. I haven't heard anything yeah. if he's playing tomorrow, not at that North Carolina game. But uh, going back to the original question, um, Zion, certainly we could I, – I like the kind of number you were putting at 35 or, uh, you know, 
you know, of course it's the first, it would be the first year and we could have, you know, it's, it's always having to incorporate new players is difficult at first, but right. I, I kind of would like to, you know, we're on a rebuild, of course. It's, you know, the stairs we have to take to, you know, get back to being a title contender. Yeah, clearly a long way to go to that stretch, being a title contender. But, I mean, we are in the Eastern Conference, and right now Miami's sitting at 30-34, and 34, uh, and they're the eighth seed right now. So, I mean, they got 30 wins. I feel like the Cavs definitely could hit, be in that be in that – Maybe not make the playoffs, but maybe be around the eighth, ninth, tenth seed, and they will be better, way better if they hit the on these picks. Because right now they're sixteen and forty nine, and they are clearly way out of it. And now we're just going for the best draft pick. But you know, there's another team going for a draft pick here that was not supposed to be. The Los Angeles Lakers are thirty and thirty five, sitting right now. Right now, the, they would be drafting twelfth. They are just shitty, straight up, Mitch. They ruined LeBron, obviously. Put around all these old players, Rondo. They signed Beasley, Lance Stevenson. And, you know, Magic Johnson said before the year he doesn't want to build a team like the Cavs. And guess what? The Cavs oh, made, the, the, Cavs made the, the finals last year. Granted, it was the Eastern Conference, but, you know, they made the, the finals. And, you know, they followed the formula you know, spread the floor out, give LeBron either the option to go one-on-one with a guy he's better than or draw two defenders and kick it out to someone who can shoot. And the Lakers totally went opposite of that, 30-35, and 35, like I just said. So, Mitch, I mean, the Lakers are only one game back of New Orleans for the number nine spot, and they already said they're not going to play LeBron uh, back-to-backs. He's going to be on a minute restriction. So this is clearly about as tank as they go because they're not getting in the playoffs after the recent losses to the Clippers and other teams but the Pelicans without yeah. Anthony Davis yeah so where do you think the the Lakers go now obviously they I feel like their best option is to just straight up tank and try to improve that draft stock uh what do you think about that I believe it's the only option that they really have it's you can't you know you can't Injury, you don't want to like threaten the LeBrons, you know, with another injury being on there, you know, because of course, more minutes, you have higher chance of getting hurt. That's you right, know, everybody knows that, but but it, it's it, it pretty much is the only way because you're not going to make the playoffs, you're kind of in the middle at that. I think the Lakers certainly should tank, you know, build grab another star or potential another star, or, you know, another role player there in the middle. Or at nine or eight or wherever they're going to be at, you know, mm-hmm. it's it'd probably be the best interest of them. Um, it, but they do have, you know, this off season where you know Anthony Davis is now available to be traded potentially again. Mm-hmm. You know, other high level free agents they could be working with, so working to get to, to help out LeBron. But I, I think I wouldn't see it. They could potentially be trading this pick, you know, for right. a, you know, high player, you know, player that needs it, you know, like if they needed to use it to throw it to the Pelicans, here we got you this pick. You can have eight and nine now, or you know, something like that for Anthony Davis. Then you've got another leeway there, a little right. more leeway in that trade. Yeah, for right now the Lakers would have a six point two percent chance to get a top four pick. And if they moved up to where the Pelicans are at, number nine, that, that jumps up all the way to 20.3% chance. So that's clearly, that's a pretty big jump. And I feel like, I mean, I'm pretty certain the, the draft lottery is rigged. So I feel like if any chance that the Lakers move up to get the to get the NBA Bruin more, I feel like they would 
move the Lakers up at least to the top four. But they always obviously have to, I mean, keep losing. I, I know when the Cavs drafted Kyrie Irving, would that pick have, what, like a 2% chance to be the number one pick? Yeah. And it ended up yeah. being the number one pick. So you always want to try to improve that odd as much as possible, obviously. Moving forward, they, they have the, the luxury of being in L.A. Like you said, a lot of free agents, like Kawhi Leonard's going to be a free agent. Kyrie Irving's going to be a free agent. Like you said, potentially trade for Anthony Davis. So they, I mean, I feel like obviously this season was a huge letdown. But if, you know, if they get, a, you know, a top four pick, top five pick and get lucky, you know, maybe they can either, you said, draft an impact player or go in a different direction and trade that pick. But speaking about basketball, we're going to switch over to college basketball now. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten tournaments coming up. Ohio State specifically started off the season pretty well, was ranked about number 15, and now they have just fallen. Caleb Weston's been suspended. Um, so it's been pretty rough now. They're, they're on the bubble, certainly. Maybe last four in, maybe a 10th seed. But do you think Ohio State will make the tournament, Mitch? No. They, they got Wisconsin in this last game. It's going to be a tough one, especially if Weston's not there. So they, they got destroyed by Purdue, lost to a bad Northwestern team on the road who was playing better. But it, it's certainly a stretch. They, they either have to win this Wisconsin game and make a deep run into the Big Ten tournament, which we're going to be talking about shortly. But I feel like their path is to win this last game, beat a, a good Wisconsin team on the road, which certainly will help. Uh, when they're comparing up against teams like Minnesota and other teams, but it's certain if Weston's not there, I man, it, they t- they have a tough time scoring. Um, just do you think they have any chance uh, of beating Wisconsin and making the upset? Uh, it's very unlikely. Going mm-hmm. into Cole Center is always difficult. I know it because Michigan always has trouble at Cole Center. It's it's not a great. It's not a great place to play. Ethan Happ is a monster at Wisconsin, so yeah. Uh, the way they played yesterday against Iowa, they looked impressive. Twenty point victory. It was it, the game was pretty much in hand most of the time for Wisconsin, but yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting. Ohio State, you know, it could be the difference between a seven or an eight seed. Uh, if you can beat Wisconsin, you might be playing at the seven seed. Or you're going to be play against Penn State, you know, who's turned it on at the end here. Or you're going to fall to an eight seed and potentially playing Indiana in the first rounds or uh, second round, of course, um, with the 11 and 14, 12 and 13 playing on uh, the uh, Wednesday coming right. up. But uh, you're on that second day. You might play in Indiana, who's totally changed it around. They're slowly, slowly but surely, they have a slim chance of making the tournament, which I don't think they will, but yeah. if they can uh, make some wins here at the end of the tournament, make some noise, you know, it could change in a heartbeat for the Indiana. Yeah, moving on, like you said on the on the rundown earlier, huge basketball games this weekend. Michigan on the road playing Michigan State, and a lot of stakes for this game could get a claim of the Big Ten regular season championship. So the question to you, Mitch, obviously diehard Michigan fan, do you think Michigan will go on the road and upset Michigan State? It, it's going to be a difficult. It's very. It's going to be a difficult one for because it's always Michigan has trouble with uh, the uh, Breslin Center. Mm-hmm. It's uh, difficult. The Izone is always a difficult place to play. Uh, I believe Michigan, if they can stay focused, they've you know they've turned it on the last two games. They, 
uh, in the Maryland game, which was tough going into Maryland. Charles Matthews been hurt the last two weeks, uh, and he got hurt in that Michigan State game before. Not sure if he's going to be playing the Michigan State game either. So um, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But I think Michigan has, if they can. Um, Michigan State's had some injuries. Uh, Nick Ward has been out, so if they could take advantage, they did lose to Michigan State the last time at home, which was very, you know, kind of hurt them. Um, certainly uh, losing at home, and that was their only home loss this year was big, right. and of course to a rival. But uh, I think they have the ability to do it on uh, Saturday. It's going to be a big game. If the Big Ten title's on the line, so it's something to play for, actually, than just another regular season game. But this could be it. This could be for the Big Ten title. And then moving on to the Big Ten tournament, obviously you just really touched on Ohio State, big game here with Wisconsin, either be the seventh or eighth seed, because if they're the, the eighth, correct me if I'm wrong, they play Indiana and then play Michigan potentially Indiana. yeah yeah Indiana but you know that's be a rivalry game if they somehow upset Indiana or whoever's there and then go play Michigan which would be a tough game or they go to the other side of the bracket and would play the two seed either Michigan State or Purdue so it, it's tough especially if Wesson's not there if Wesson's there obviously he helps us out tremendously because he, he can shoot rebound do pretty much anything in the post but with with him not there, it is just tough for them to score. It's tough to watch. I mean, I, they went on the road Northwestern, missed like their first twelve shots, and went started zero for twelve. It was it was just bad to watch, and it's just one of those things. As an OSU fan, I obviously want them to win. I want them to make the tournament to get a shot. But then again, you got to be realistic and just saying, man, without Weston, they are just bad. Uh, it, it, it's tough, but obviously you're on the Michigan side of it. If you win, beat Michigan State, and get the one seed potentially. I mean, you're, you're you're sitting there at the one seed, waiting for Indiana or Ohio State, who's been struggling, who's pretty much bipolar the whole year. You don't know which team you're going to get. Which potentially, I know you guys won the the tournament last year. I'm um, obviously yeah, the year before. yeah uh, you're going back for going for the three peat now, which definitely would be which would be definitely an impressive uh, feat. So, do you think when it's all said and done, Michigan will win the Big Ten tournament? This is this going man. Good questions. Um, they have the potential, of course. You know anybody, anybody in this, they could do it. You don't even know Northwestern could do it because right. was it two years ago? Rutgers beat Ohio State fourteen and eleven seed, and then yeah. they went on and beat the six seed, and they were playing on Friday. I think so, they played Purdue and, and almost won. Yeah, or yeah, that was right, Purdue. I think it was last year. Yeah, it was, it was either last year or the year before. Yeah, but it's been. It's a tournament when anybody could win. It's it's this is the time to get hot in the uh, the tournament if you're trying to make that last berth. Like in Indiana, Indiana's going to be fighting for their life if you know. Or Ohio State is going to be eight and nine. Yeah, those teams are looking for the, the um, a last playoff. They're looking for that last big win that can look in the face of the committee and say, hey, you know, we beat this team, number one seed in our conference, and it was the last, you know, in. When it really counts in March, we did this. It's right. usually what happens at eight and nine every year in the Big Ten. They're on the bubble. Michigan did it, I think, two years ago when they were an eight seed, 
and they beat, won the 8-9 game. They played Indiana, who was the one seed that year. Cam Chapman hits the quarter three, and they moved on, and they went into the tournament. Right. So it's always big to play that 8-9 and nine game because they are the ones fighting for it most because they are, like, right on the bubble always. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that one. But thank you guys for listening to episode 18 of the MFFL podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Lippold. You can follow me at, on Twitter at Lippold underscore 27. You can follow my co-host here, Mitch Farnsworth, at, at Mitch8Soccer. And it has been a pleasure. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. That was fun. We had a fun one. Yeah, that All was, right. That guys, was a good see one. See you later.